Hey, what's up everyone? This is Riley from SOG Football here with another episode of the Caveman Corner featuring my caveman brother, Mitchell. So uh, let's just do a little quick rundown of last week. Any uh, any initial thoughts on the, the game last week or the games? I feel like Jeff Fisher. I went 6-7. and seven. If I had one more win, I would have I pulled the true Jeff Fisher. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just like... Uh, it's like it's like kissing your sister. It's a tie essentially. You're not happy about it, but yet at the same time you can't complain too much. Well, I mean, it was an odd number of games, so technically you did lose with a six and seven record last week. But uh, credit where credits due, you know, seven and six re- record, seven and six record for both me and the coin. Uh, if you guys are new here, we actually pick against the spread every single week. Me and Mitchell pick our games, and the coin picks our games. And a recap on the season is I am fifty four. 52-1, and one. the coin is the same record, and Mitchell is up on us both with a 57-49-1 and one record. Yeah, I mean, as usual today, we're going to cover the Arcade Man of the Week, so a guy who is, uh, you know, top performer, did something impressive. Uh, we'll cover the Chooch of the Week, who, you know, who went and uh, had a crap performance, who went and did something stupid, uh, as well as our Sell My Soul Bets of the Week, where we're going to get the Gambler Souls, uh, you know, that when you have that much confidence in a bet, you got to go ahead and do it. Uh, right now, I'm still slightly ahead of Riley on the year, gaining on me as time goes by. Uh, to- coin right on his tail, too. I think you're t- you guys are tied, so uh, definitely any man's game. We're about halfway through the season. Uh, nothing set in stone at this point. Well, yeah, I'm with the Sell My Soul Bets of the Week. I'm, again, our most confident bets we make in the week. Uh, I actually went the over on De'Aaron Johnson rushing yards hit. The over on Debo Samuel receiving yards hit, and I even went under. It was a ridiculous 127 rushing yard over under for Derrick Henry, and I went under, and that hit as well. So that three-way parlay hit for me. It was a great week for me, and Mitchell also won with his Cleveland um, minus two, and uh, what was the next one? Seattle plus five. So I'm two or three on the sell my souls. Not feeling too bad. We'll we'll take that positive record on the year. A little less... uh... You know, a little less risky bets than yours, but as long as you're hitting two straight games, I mean, you can't complain too much about that. Well, I mean, the uh, the week before, I think you had an abysmal performance, so it, uh, well, you went with Kenneth Gainwell, so it's nice to get back on track. But regardless, you're up on the season in, in records. I so. was just two weeks ahead on Gainwell. Apparently, he's the guy now, so I should have well, just, I mean, uh, just held off, you know? It took Miles Sanders to literally die in the field for that to happen. But call me crazy, uh, Boston Scott, like, I could see him in a, in terms of fantasy performance. I could see Boston Scott outperforming Gainwell. Like, who knows if Gainwell is really going to be that RB1 in the team who's getting like 70% of the work share. I, I mean, don't buy it. I, I, I doubt Gainwell is going to be a 70% kind of guy. They're, they're kind of similar players in a sense. Uh, I could see it being like 60-40 max. Uh, you know, Boston Scott is that jack-in-the-box where he's kind of explosive and you, he looks like he's shot out of a cannon when he gets the ball, but he, he's such a little tiny dude. It's tough to see him getting you know too big of a workload. Yeah, yeah, we need to. We actually, fuck, man, I was looking into it on Amazon, but we need to get one of those soundboards. That'd be the perfect time to insert the uh, jack-in-the-box theme song. We got to get a button just for that, for those five foot six midgets that can run. I'd, I'd be smashing that shit for Kyler Murray every single week. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll go ahead. Uh, I mean, in terms of last week, pretty shit week of football. There was a few close games. Off the top of my head, you had the Falcons-Dolphins, which went down to a last-second field goal. Other than that, it, it seemed like a week of blowouts. Was there any other games that Well, speaking on the Falcons game, so obviously if your team's winning, you're happy. But are you really happy with that win? Like, the Dolphins look horrible. Like, that's that, that was just a piss-poor win. I mean, you chose them to cover the spread. They did not cover the spread. Yeah, but- it went down to the last second. Didn't cover the spread for sure. In retrospect, the team should have gone for two on an earlier play, which 
would have made them cover the spread. They would have won 31 to 28 rather than 30 to 28. Uh, you'll take the win any day. I mean, obviously covering the spread would have been nice for me. Uh, I said Dolphins are definitely a sad, sad sack, uh, you know, team, uh, shit team. Makes you wonder how they beat the Pats. I'll tell you that much. Uh, yeah, it was a. Piss- they do have one win on the less. air to give you uh, to give you a little uh, perspective. So, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm talking last week of football though. Obviously, like I, I'm, I, I should we go both? Let's do a little Homer rants now. I'll talk about the Falcons. You talk about the Patriots. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, we're three and three. Uh, we're looking like we could be in playoff contention. Uh, our next two games are against the Panthers and Saints, both division rivals. I think. I mean, I this is just me. Worst case scenario, we're gonna go one and one in those games. I think potentially we can go two and zero oh in those games. Move into the Cowboys game five and three. That's a lot to ask. I think we're, our team is looking like we could do it. We're, we're, yeah, we're shut the fuck up. We're getting man. we're getting hot. At the, the Cowboys right time. are going to smash them. I never said like literally. I just said we could be five and three going into the no, Cowboys. I, th- game. I thought you said we could do that as in we can upset them. I don't. I mean, I, yeah. I, obviously, anything could, could happen in the NFL. Pro- probably like a ten percent chance. I would I would say if I was to guess the odds for that game right now, the Cowboys would probably be about minus six going into the game, something like that. No. If it's is it at Dallas? I'm. It's three weeks down the road. I couldn't tell you. I've looked at that. I'd, I'd that say. Far I'd say it'd be more. It'd be above seven. I mean, we'll see. We'll see when we get there. If the Regardless, Falcons, you, if the you Falcons ch- are three and five. Yeah, I could see. It you chose. You chose the Falcons at the beginning of the year. You predicted them winning ten games on the season. Are you standing by that, or are you going to retract? that <laughs> I feel like you ask the same question every week. I'm gonna. I, at this point, I, I don't think it's too far fetched. We obviously <laughs> have to win some games. Uh, yeah, I mean, anything could happen. Uh, we have a positive uh, record, unlike the Patriots. So, uh, whatever. Um, so yeah, talking about the Dolphins too. So, what, what do you think about that whole Deshaun Watson situation? Do you see him landing to the Dolphins, or you think it's just going to be? It's pretty much going to kind of go into the oblivion with just waiting until his all of his legal shit situations get sorted out. So the trade deadline, I believe, is November second, maybe November third. Either way, it's like next Monday or Tuesday or something like that. Uh, Allegedly, there's going to be some trades, and I'm reading, you know, 95% chance that Deshaun Watson has moved. This I'm is just what I'm reading. That doesn't mean it's set in stone. I would say pretty high chance he's moved, and apparently he has a no trade clause. He's only willing to go to Miami. So I respect the power move. I mean, it would take a guy with who did allegedly did what he did to his massage therapist to pull a power move like that. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, the NFL has got their double standards, and they'll probably they won't really put anything set in stone until uh there's apparently a settlement uh on the way for that case whether or not that's true i don't know uh but even if there is a settlement technically the nfl could still suspend them i mean it, I they mean, have their own jurisdiction i mean the nfl roger goodell has this the secret commissioner exempt list that he could do anything with i mean he could suspend me and you probably yeah really <laughs> this guy could suspend whoever he wants uh, tom brady looks at him wrong watch out buddy yeah, I, John Gruden. <laughs> speaking of Tom Brady, uh, what did you think about that whole situation with the uh, 600th touchdown pass? Yeah, ball? I mean, I saw it. Uh, I I totally get the. Uh, I mean, could be worth five hundred thousand dollars. I mean, if I was that fan, I I I I mean, did he even know it was the six hundred? Sorry, the six hundredth touchdown. Did he like these are? He's got it. We, we, it showed the security or the equipment guy coming. 
pretty much pure alpha move. I almost want to give the caveman of the week to that security guard because that guy just went in, alpha him. Got it wasn't that, even a security guard. Or sorry, the, the equipment like guy goes equipment in. Guy. Goes in, alphas him, gets that football. I mean, that equipment guy should be getting money from Tom Brady too. I heard Tom Brady ended up on top of the fucking bullshit. Like they gave him season tickets and like a couple signed jerseys. Tom Brady a bit more gave than him, that. They gave him a bitcoin. They gave no, him, Tom Brady gave him a bitcoin. I, I heard mean, it out was, of his pocket. Let's be realistic. It definitely yeah, wasn't out of Tom Brady. <laughs> There's no way that was out of Tom. Pocket. <laughs> Regardless, I think that's a lesson learned, especially with the social media uh, era we're in now. Man, if you deny giving Tom Brady back that ball, just the story elevates for that ball, and fucking five hundred thousand is worth more just because. Of the Do you story. think he's able to get out of there with the ball? Um, I think if it were like the Patriots, Tom Brady, where he's been a, like a a Patriot for his whole life, like how you're gonna disrespect him in your hometown? I mean, this guy has been a buck for a year and a half, like. I don't think Bucks fans would be that crazy. And if they did, like, they're not going to be able to fucking just murder him or salt him. Here's what I think. Like, I, I, I don't think the guy had any idea. The I just, ball like, was... use my kid as a shield. Put the kid in front of the football. No one's going to go after I don't kid. think the guy had any idea the ball was worth nearly as much as it was valued at. He, there's no way he could have. He probably thought, you know, maybe this is a $1,000 ball. I get a couple jerseys. I get some season tickets out of it. It's going to be awesome. Like, after the game, of course, when he finds out, he, he has a couple other demands. He's like, hey, you don't have to do this. It'd be sick if you did. What, one th- I just think that no matter what, if you hold on, of that ball and they like were demanding for it early on like it would only rise in value like obviously you're worried about leaving that stadium but i think that's a lesson learned to anyone else hold on to that fucking football right, so hold yeah. these guys for ransom because you know these nfl players aren't writing you writing checks for you you know we have we have no consensus on this regardless um i also wanted to ask about the ravens and Bengals game like you do you think Bengals are legit or did the ravens just have a really bad game I, that was definitely the biggest surprise of last week I think I, I love the way Joe Burrow is slinging that rock. Obviously, we've talked about Jamar Chase uh, to lengths on this podcast. But, yeah, Joe Burrow is really uh, really showing out. And that surprisingly, that O-line and, well, defense in general has been playing, playing really solid. I have them right now as my uh, number 11th ranked team. Would you think? Would you say that's about fair? Uh, yeah, I think it's about fair. Uh, maybe most impressive to me was, like, the O-line really didn't I – don't, like, I don't know how much you saw the game. The O-line really didn't hold up in the first half. Joe Burrow seemed like he was getting hit. Uh, you know, right as he hit his drop back, the entire first half, somehow he was getting the ball out. Sometimes it was, it was caught, sometimes it wasn't. It was the second half when he started to get some time and really start to pick apart that man coverage uh, when the Ravens obviously kind of got boomed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a mixture of both. Like the Bengals are, are better than, you know, people thought they were. And maybe the Ravens aren't that top three team that people expected of them. Uh, but it, it's kind of cool to see. I don't want to say, you know, like a changing of the guard yet uh, quite in, in the AFC North. Uh, but it's it's competitive division now. Well, everyone kind of had it <clears throat> written. I mean, obviously the Ravens are in contention, but a lot we're saying was the Browns division. And, man, we got the, the Baker-Mayfield injury, and they just don't look like the same team anymore. Baker the faker. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so strange and like you know the, the, this duo of burrow and jamar chase dominated the toughest conference in college football won the national championship and you would never expect them to go to the nfl and kind of be doing the same things and they seem to be doing it so uh gonna be fun to watch those two continue to play together for you know for the foreseeable future right they're, they're tied together for at least the next three four years well if i were to say anything i think that'd be a testament to just how important chemistry is between a uh, 
uh, passer and a receiver. Like, you look at it with Tom Brady and Gronk, obviously he's not the same Gronk he had for the Patriots, but it's just a comfortability thing where he knows exactly where Gronk's going to be on certain plays. It's a factor. And I absolutely think when it, when it comes to a quarterback and their ability to throw the football, it's all confidence, right? And if this is, this is a guy you're breaking records with, you, you're, you're easily going to be, be – that's going to be your first option, especially in the red zone when it comes to Gronk. But, yeah, well – uh, speaking of the Bucks, would you say best team in the NFL? Uh, I'd say they're up there in the top three. Uh, do they have any? I'm trying to think back. I mean, it's crazy how, the NFL uh, amnesia where you forget who they've played. I'm trying to think of a signature Bucks win from this year. I mean, week one against the Cowboys, pretty solid. Week one against the Cowboys, that's a good win. Uh, well, their, their loss was against the the Rams. Yeah. Other than that, they I, I mean they. I got them as a top five team. I mean, they they won the ship last year. They haven't really disappointed too much this year, right? Like they haven't come out and lost. Like last year in the regular season, they weren't all that great. They've been much better this year in the regular season than they were last year. But last year it was also a COVID shortened uh, off season, and it was yeah like, a brand new Tom Brady. And, and and I'm telling you, I've been saying it all year. But the NFC South in general, they're playing a weak schedule this year. I I thought that would benefit another team. Uh, it's obviously benefited the Bucks. They're looking good. Benefit maybe the Saints too. Anyways, uh, I think we'll move on then. Maybe I, I do. I, I think Caveman of the Week. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on my statement. I'm actually gonna give it to the the equipment manager who absolutely <laughs> punked that guy in the front row. Alfredum got the ball back for Tom Brady. Give this man a raise. This guy this guy should not only be the equipment manager. He should instantly become like the strength and conditioning guy. Pure alpha. Do you think it's the uh, the the guy who was pumping balls for Brady in New England? They brought him over to Tampa. Oh man, I, I I'm sure that guy's probably like just banned from being near Tom Brady. Who's, to who's God, the bigger know? alpha, Deuce Gruden or this this equipment guy? I, I'd probably, I would probably give it. That's a tough one. You have to think about that. <laughs> I'll give it to Deuce, but uh, pretty close. All right, so for my caveman of the week, uh, not really a shocker. I'm going to go to Ernest Johnson. Uh, Thursday night game, he showed out. That entire Cleveland team seemed to be injured. Uh, he goes for 22 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. He was PFF's, uh, Pro Football Focus's, highest-graded running back last week. He was one of three running backs on the year to have over 140 rushing yards in a game. Uh, and the cool story with Dearness, if anybody hasn't seen it yet, so in 2018, he was actually undrafted on no team. Apparently, Allegedly, he ran like a 4-8 at his pro day or something like that. I don't know what happened there because he doesn't look slow when he plays. So he actually went around DMing every team in the AAF. I think that was like the Alliance Football League or something like that. Uh, and he asked them for a tryout. Ended up making the Orlando roster. Really killed it there. And that kind of got him a look with the Browns. Uh, I guess the rest is history, right? He goes to make the Browns. Uh, makes the Browns. He's like a third-string running back. And that's just like it's one of those things where you're going to get one shot. I sound like Eminem. Can you take advantage <laughs> of that opportunity? Mom's uh, Spaghetti. Uh, there was no Mom's Spaghetti for Ernest. Uh, that's actually a new restaurant in Detroit now, by the way, Mom's Spaghetti. Uh, but Ernest went, and he absolutely killed it. Uh, could have had two touchdowns, but he slid down to seal the victory. So that's the ultimate caveman, making something out of nothing. Uh, probably never going to see that amount of carries in the game again. So enjoy it while it lasts. It looks like Nick Chubb might be back this week. I think any football fan would be a fan of the the underdog story, and that was Dearness Johnson. All respect to him. When's and the I, Disney movie coming out? Yeah, facts. <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, love seeing that underdog story, man. I could uh, him being like a starting running back for a team ever. He looked really good, obviously one game, but I think obviously I'm a little bad doing this on the caveman, but. Uh, shout out to that Browns offensive line. Like that Browns O line is legit. The holes he was getting, obviously, he was patient. He was quick through those holes, but those are some gaping holes. 
Hey, you got a guy called Wyatt blocking for you. I mean, who wants to fuck with a guy called Wyatt? Just looking nice. like a grizzly bear. So next up, um, let's go to Chooch of the Week. I had to give my Chooch of the Week, you know, using the, the name. Uh, sometimes I get caught saying it, but for the Washington football team, Dan Schneider, you are an absolute joke. I'm actually going to give it to both Dan Schneider and for Roger Goodell. Again, I mentioned it early. It's just the, the crazy double standards that there are in the NFL. Realistically, Dan Schneider does not deserve to be an owner of the team. <laughs> Why do you keep pronouncing it Schneider? Honestly, he doesn't. Dan Schneider. Uh, Schneider. This guy just consistently getting stories exposing how misogynistic how all all this terrible things that these terrible things he's doing but obviously roger goodell's not going to do anything because that's he, he's a, a bazillionaire right he just wants the money the, the the nfl their double standards are all bullshit these are the chooches they try and preach all these virtues but they're a bunch of phonies chooch of the week dan snyder and roger goodell that was a soapbox of the week i did see at the owners meeting today uh one of the few owners who said hey i want to see was it i want to see the results of this investigation mark davis mr pf chang himself ultimate haircut uh love the man he wants to see what happened in this investigation let i kind of want to see it too man let the man see god damn it like what would it have taken for them to take extra like extra measures i i, I feel like you would have had to murder someone and let's be real, if there's anything like that with a player, they're, they're gone. But obviously, follow the money, right? But anyways, well, I mean, he's not going to fire himself. But yeah, I totally see what Well, I mean, the, the, the owners can I get I think it's together. no secret that Snyder's a big douchebag. Uh, and allegedly, in this case, he was you know kind of pimping out some of these cheerleaders to season ticket holders. Something along those lines. I don't know what the hell is going on there. Allegedly, I buy it. Uh I don't want to say for sure because allegedly, in, case, in case he listens to this podcast. Allegedly, I buy it. Protecting myself. Uh, so for my chooch of the week, I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. Uh, started off the year 3-0. and He was actually, for all you fantasy football, play- football players, I think he was the number one quarterback in fantasy football throughout the first three weeks. I had like seven rushing touchdowns in three weeks. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Uh, so last week he went 16-25 to for 111 yards. That is not very good. Uh, and, and for one interception, he was playing the New York Giants defense, which while good last year, I mean, they haven't really been all that great this year. So the Panthers started out the season 3-0. and They've now lost four straight and have fallen to 3-4. and uh, Darnold was benched for former XFL legend P.J. Walker. Uh, and allegedly, they were trying to trade for Deshaun Watson before the owner came out uh, yesterday and said, hey, no, we're not trying to trade for Deshaun when he refused to... My daughter is a <laughs> massage therapist. Yeah, yeah. When he, when, when he refused to waive his no-trade clause, he's like, no, 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 we trust Sam Darnold. And now <laughs> everybody's kind of coming out in defense of Darnold. Uh, so they're going to give him another shot next week. Uh... Darnold obviously was a former top five pick with the Jets, traded to the Panthers for second round pick, got another shot. People thought, you know, maybe Adam Gase was really uh, the, the one who screwed Tannehill and Darnold. It looks like it might just be Darnold, everyone. Uh, I know he's only 24 years old, but at some point you got to turn it around. Uh, he's got to right the ship soon or he will probably be uh, forever back up in the NFL. Well, good thing for him. He's got the uh, what they call in longest yard, the uh, slack division two game against the Appalachian State of the NFL. Up against the Atlanta Falcons, there's absolutely no way Sam Darnold cannot win. Falcons are going to get crushed. But, uh, you know, a little... little uh, what would you take the Falcons as? You would, you how about we'll, we'll save it? It's going to come out later on the show. We're Let's, not far. So today is Thursday. We got the Thursday night game, which is the Green Bay Packers. October 28th, my friends. At the Arizona Cardinals. If I would have said that date, I somehow would have been like eight days off. I'm not good with dates, but the Cardinals are favored. Doesn't get dates either, folks. Oh, nice. <laughs> but uh, Cardinals are favored by minus six and a half, and the over-under set at 50. Um, I'll start off uh, without 
Devontae Adams without Alan Lazard. Who else are they missing? I mean, maybe probably a coach. Bakhtiari uh, the- is still going to be out. Bakhtiari is we out. We don't know if Valdez Scantling's going to play. I doubt it, but just the Packers have Randall Cobb as their best receiver. I mean, maybe if it was five years ago, I could buy this, but this is not the same Packers team. My guess is the Packers are going to lean on the run heavily, and rightfully so. They have a pretty solid offensive line. They got the Aaron Jones-AJ Dillon combo, which is one of the best running back duels in the league. But this Arizona team has just been smashing better teams than what the Packers are now. Minus six and a half is a lot of point points against a team like the Packers, but Arizona is that good. Their defense is playing good. Obviously, we know Kyler Murray and this offense are just uh, high scorers, arguably the best offense in the NFL. I got to go with the Cardinals on this, minus six and a half. And I'm actually, because I think it's going to be such a heavy running affair for both teams, I'm going to go under 50 points for this. Uh, yeah, you kind of stole all my talking points here. The Packers are reeling right now. They've got injuries all over, particularly at receiver. I've read that they might activate Marquez Valdez-Scantling off IR. If they don't, like you said, it's going to be Cobb. Uh, it's going to be their uh, third on draft pick. Or was he a fourth on draft pick? And Either way, Amari Tanya Rogers. tight end, little Mercedes yeah, Lewis. Yeah, I mean, Mercedes Lewis. I mean, I, I used to play with the guy in NCAA football, like, 05. The guy's ancient. Uh, <laughs> the Cardinals, I, I talked shit about them earlier in the year. I said, you know, maybe a fake team. Uh, I finally, I think last week was the first time I bet on them, and it was like as a 17-point favorite or something like that, and they won me that bet. When I'm, you know, riding a hot streak, I like to ride it, so I'm going to ride the Cardinals here minus six and a half. Uh, They made me look dumb before. I won't continue to look dumb because while I think this would be a much closer game if uh, the Packers had all their guys, they don't. They're missing their star left tackle, a bunch of receivers. Uh, I I think Arizona's going to take this pretty handily. All right, the coin... Is going tails for the away team. The coin is going Green Bay, looking to make up some ground on us. Can you imagine the amount of shoulder shrugs Aaron Rodgers is going to throw up with these backups? I still fucking own you, Arizona. No, he's, it's, no, I can't. Oh yeah, that's actually ah, a good point. I can't. You know, it's, it's going to be a lot of Aaron Rodgers shoulder shrugs. That maybe the there's pompous douche Aaron Rodgers some, is coming what, back. What would you what would you set the over under? There's on um, televised. There's going to be at least I'd over say, under three four, or four. Sh- over under four shoulder shrugs. I'm going over. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals at the New York Jets with the Bengals favorited, favorite by minus. Is it favorited? Favorite? I'm, I just they're they're favored by, you know, minus favorite. 10 and a half. Oh, my Lord. You, you got this. Minus 10 and a half. Over under set at 42. Over so, under rally saying favorited. Favorited. Holy <laughs> shit. That was a struggle. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Uh, who, who do you have winning this? Uh, so. Of course, the Jets lost Zach Wilson last week. Uh, I bet on them foolishly to cover in Foxborough because while, you know, New England doesn't always smash QBs away, they always smash them home. Uh, Rookie QBs I'm talking about. Uh, And Mike White, I mean, that's just, you know, a computer-generated name. We all know this isn't a real guy uh, from, I think he's from, like, Western Kentucky, and obviously he went there and kind of stunk it up. So, yeah, they they go and make the Joe Frackle trade. I thought, you know, maybe he'd start this weekend. Turns out, apparently, he's not arriving in New York till Friday. You're not going to learn the- <laughs> What? That's just what I'm reading. Uh, you're not going to learn the playbook in one day. Joe Flacco is definitely not starting this game, which, mean Mike White, which means Mike White will get the start. Uh, the team was obviously a mess like we, uh, last week, got dominated. New England did, like, their hilarious trick plays and, and just kind of bamboozled the Jets. Uh, meanwhile, we got Cincy, you know, coming off a of shellacking of the Ravens. Uh, they've they kind of proven they're in that... Maybe not the top three of the AFC, but they're kind of in that conversation, uh, you know, for playoff contention. Definitely, uh, maybe in that uh, you know division title contention. 
Uh, as we spoke about earlier, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are making history, and their defense looked pretty good. Like right, they were they were getting their quarterback. They got pressure on Lamar. They got Trey, Trey Hendrickson is a beast, man. And I'm saying all this, and I'm going to take the Jets plus ten and a half. Why am I going to take the Jets plus ten and a half? It doesn't seem to make sense, but I think their their, their defense is still good enough. Here's my rationale: since he is coming off a big division win, uh, they're coming. Should have known there was some sort of narrative going yeah, by. Yeah, this. I'm a big a big narrative guy. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. This game is in New York. It is. Yeah. So I don't know something about playing in New York. They got those crazy fans. It's cold weather. Uh, it's it's a little bit different. I, I think New York is is gonna lose this game. I think they're gonna lose by like a touchdown, maybe like ten points. I think they're going to cover this 10.5-point spread. Uh, like, like I said, since he's riding high, man, they're going to go here and think, oh, these guys fucking suck. They got lost, lost by 40 to New England. We didn't even have to you know, practice hard. Jets are going to surprise them. They're not going to win this game, but they're going to keep it tighter than this. I think you're a fucking lunatic. I, I think I'm a lunatic, too, for betting this. So I'm, <laughs> I, I guess I've already said my piece about the Bengals, so I won't bore you. Bore you but, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. I actually saw when it come, came to Mike White, it was like, when you're 15 years deep in your Madden franchise and they're just spitting out like the generic name with a generic face, that's Mike White. This guy's a nobody, and that's what I'm banking on. Clearly, Mitchell's on some sort of white supremacy weird shit because he's got White in his name. He's rooting for him, but I just can't imagine this guy goes. He's gonna come out of the game with like three picks, like benched for. I was uh, saving my Cooper Cup rent for later, but uh, <laughs> I just I don't know how the Jets are gonna keep it within two touchdowns. The Bengals are really good. And they're just going to run all over them. At the end of the day, Joe Mixon, Samajari Pirine are going to run all over I get it. The The Bengals just won a huge game. This is still the Bengals, man. And they're the Bengals until proven a bit. Otherwise, I mean, this is is the Cincinnati Bengals, man. Such a generic statement. A very generic statement. Watch it pay off, man. This is still the Bengals. I can't take them as road favorites for 10.5 points. That's a bit too much for me. Your whole reasoning for not picking the Bengals is because of the Bengals. I, I already told you my whole reasoning. They're riding high <laughs> off a division rival win. So I'm going I'm to stand by it. I think the Jets will probably try and make it ugly and try and control the clock. Michael Carter has actually started to look pretty solid. I like him. Um, but, yeah, I just think the Bengals are going to control the clock better. I think Joe Mixon and Samaj Piran are going to have a field day. And I'm going under for this, too. Low 42 point over under. But I just think it's going to be so one-sided. I can't even imagine the Jets score over I would, I would expect like the Jets scoring seven game. points would be an accomplishment. I would expect an ugly game. I agree there. Anyways, we'll go with the coin. <laughs> the coin is going tails for Cincinnati as well. Oh, man, I'm, I'm liking this. I think I'm up to on you now after these two so next up we have the miami dolphins we picked the first we picked the same thing last game <laughs> god damn you're right <laughs> oh yeah it's the, it's the coin that's going to be up to and two if we're wrong but uh next up we have the miami dolphins at the buffalo bills with the bills favored by minus 14 and the over under set at 49 and the bills half. are favored by minus uh i'm gonna keep saying favorited so um yeah i'll i'll start off with this one so i'm going buffalo in this one uh Dol- dolphins are just so fucking bad it's it's horrible to watch the fact that they even brought it within two points to the falcons is a miracle i think the falcons should have trampled them they're that bad of a team but they didn't you keep saying this about a team that literally beat the patriots but it's week week two is different it's like you would say the same about it they have a healthy quarterback now when they houston won week one jaguars won week one last year so what what are we talking about anyways i'll Go after this guy's interrupting me, but uh, so yeah, Buffalo. We we all know arguably the best team in the AFC. They're just ridiculous. They just lost to Tennessee, but I still think this is 
they just consistently own the Dolphins. You think of these division games, it can get tricky. But it just seems like, especially in these past five years, Buffalo's just completely had their way with Miami. I think this is no different. Tua's going to get sunned by this Bills defense that's really solid. And I'm going Buffalo minus 14. Big points to, to cover, but the Bills are good enough. Yeah, I think uh, I was looking at the stats and the Bills past defense has allowed something like only five touchdowns with with 10 interceptions like a 60 point or 62 quarterback rating something like that uh they've probably got one of the top pass rushers in the nfl they're stacked in the secondary they got good linebackers uh they're actually the only team in the nfl right now with the top five offense and defense in terms of yards per game so huge right uh get this is a huge line you know two touchdowns in a division game that's that's you know it's tough to cover typically right uh, my counter argument, you know, they're coming off a tough loss versus, you know, the Titans that, you know, potentially they should have won. And they're coming off the bye week. They're going to be ready. Yeah, the bye week. Meanwhile, tough. you look on the other side, the Dolphins are reeling. They've coming off, uh, they're coming off two straight losses, both on field goals in the last two minutes. Uh, it's not going to get any easier here. Buffalo is one of the top teams in the NFL. Uh, and I also think there's some internal distractions going around with all those trade rumors. Uh, that certainly won't help the situation. It's not going to help Tua. Uh, and this will be a rough game for him. And for Tua's sake, I mean, I hope he has a good game against Buffalo. I just, I don't see it happening. That's, they're too good of a team. I'll take Buffalo minus 14. Fair enough. And the coin is going heads for Buffalo as well. I'm actually going to backtrack a little bit too. If there are any survivor players, I my pick for survivor this week is the Cincinnati Bengals. So next up, we Can have... take them over the Bills, really? Um, it's all about future value. So Got this it. this Got is it. the week where you can pick Bengals confidently and down the line they don't have a game as favorite as this. Buffalo, you can use them pretty I, safely I can later see on. That. So next up we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns with the Browns favorited minus three and a half. So um, do we know if Baker's in? I would guess probably not. Probably not. So we saw that Broncos game that the Browns did win, but it was really ugly without Baker Mayfield. Obviously, it all came down to just them <clears throat> controlling the rushing attack. Uh, Dearness Johnson was a beast. And this week, they actually are getting Nick Chubb back, I believe. So, uh, you would think that they'd, they'd run all over this Pittsburgh de- defense. But that's not the case. Pittsburgh defense is really stout. Really stout against the run. I don't. I do think they'll find a little bit of success on the ground. And that's going to be their path to victory. But I would imagine that Mike Tomlin coaches these troops up. Gets them nice and ready for the, the rushing attack they're going to get. And I just find it hard to believe that a Case Keenum led Cleveland Browns would would be able to even win this game. I might even choose Pittsburgh money line because I I do still love the Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh defense. The question is, is Ben Roethlisberger still a pile of junk? Uh, I don't know how the Steelers are going to cover the spread if Mike Tomlin's you know focused on taking that USC job. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I loved that sound bit of him. Uh, well said by him. Like. This guy is already one of the greatest coaches of all time. Why the fuck would he be going down? To I, USC? I think it's a bit of a boost. Great coach, though. Uh, uh, what, sorry, one of the greatest coaches of the 20th century. Does that uh, make you feel better? 21st century. 20, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> fuck. This guy's lost in space and time right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Cleveland, to me, on paper, I thought they looked like a top tier team this year. Uh, just so many, so many injuries. That's not really an excuse, though. You look at a team like the Ravens; they've got injuries too. Uh, I, I jotted down, you know, probably no Baker, probably Chubb. So Odell and Jarvis have been banged up all year, which doesn't help. But neither of them, probably Jarvis more so, has been able to at least kind of get the chemistry going. Odell doesn't look like himself. He's clearly not healthy. Uh, he fell down, was hurt a few times last game. So Case Keenum, I actually marked him down specifically last game as a guy you won in that situation, just kind of stepping up last minute. 
I'm going to kind of like <laughs> counter argument that like he's not a guy you want starting multiple games. He's that guy you want him as a spark plug for like one game yeah. and then like get him the hell out of there because this guy's going to fuck your next game. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I put down Pittsburgh's not great, especially at the QB position, but I do think they have talent all over the field. Their defense is still really good. TJ Watt's still really good. Uh, and Najee Harris and DeAndre Johnson are both having great years. I'll take Pittsburgh to cover this three and a half. And like you said, I wouldn't hate them as a money line pick this week. We have heads for the coin. The coin is going Cleveland as well. Or, sorry, against us. Uh, next up, we have a doozy of a game. Two of the best teams in the NFL. The Carolina Panthers oh, at got it. the Atlanta Falcons with the Falcons favorited by minus three. These are your Falcons. your fans of this junk organization. So, I want you to defend them right now. I'll, let you, I'll actually let you kick this off. Usually, I kick off the Falcons. So, obviously, right now, there's a lot of hate going on to Sam Darnold. A lot of people are hating on him. But, again, this is the dream scenario. You know, the the slump buster. You know, if, if you if you, you haven't had sex with a girl for one year, you know, just find one of those fours or fives. You know, slump buster. You know, break that cherry. I think Sam Darnold is going to have a day against the Falcons. It's going to give him some of that confidence back. And I still like this Panthers defense. I think they're solid. And... I believe that again the Pan or sorry the Falcons are just a really bad team. What it comes down to is the reason the Falcons might win against the Panthers is because obviously while I do hate on the Falcons, Matt Ryan's a pretty solid quarterback and I would take him over Sam Darnold any day without question. It's just the surrounding cast I still believe in the Panthers and that's why I'm going to go Panthers even though Falcons are the home team. So I agree with some points you made. I think if you're going to have a good game, I mean the Atlanta defense are probably one of the better teams to have it on. I will say uh, yeah, a few shining stars in that defense. AJ Terrell uh, having a fantastic year. He's one of the few corners who hasn't actually the only corner. Isn't he injured? I uh, so he's dealing with he's iffy for this game. If he doesn't play, that could be a huge factor. He's the only quarterback, uh, sorry, corner uh, who's played fifty plus snaps who is not allowed to catch in man coverage this year. Uh, other guy, Deion Jones, defensive player of the week in the NFC last week, Grady Jarrett. The problem is, other than those guys, you know, it's a little bit iffy. Uh, some of those other guys will have to step it up. Uh, in terms of the other side of the ball, you're absolutely right. Like Matt Ryan uh, in the past four games, and in that time, Atlanta's three and one. By the way has thrown for 301 yards per game. He's thrown for 10 touchdowns, and he's only thrown for one interception. Uh, if you were watching the game last week, you would see that the interception he did throw was actually a throw uh, right into the hands of Calvin Ridley. That was you, you sound like Patrick's Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' mom defending Monday. I actually, I actually <laughs> do have a thing on Patrick Mahomes' interceptions later, which is funny. Uh, but the, the one interception he did throw was right in the hand of Ridley, and it kind of just got ripped out. I thought it was actually going to be ruled a fumble. Just a testament to how soft Ridley is, but go yeah, on. Yeah, I, I think Ridley's having a, a poor year by his standards for sure. He's going to have to step it up. Uh, the other stat I have, Kyle Pitts actually just came the first tight end since 1970 with over 100 yards in back-to-back games. Uh, I know you're hating on the Falcons, but you watched him uh, last game, and man, did he look awesome. He had a few great catches. I put him going into the season, tier two tight end. I got a lot of hate for it, but it, oh, the no, guy... We're getting back to his list and how he gets the, hate. The, <laughs> uh, Broken record at this point, but I do think he's one, the, uh, kind of a one-in-a-decade kind, kind of player. I think he's, he's good. A, he is a unicorn, I'll, I will say that. Uh, my other stat, so the Falcons have played, uh, sorry, in the last 11 contests between the Falcons, uh, sorry, the Falcons and Panthers. I mean, the Falcons haven't been really good the past three years, right? Going so back you, you, 11, you, last 11 games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the Falcons haven't really been good the last few years. You'd think the Panthers, you know, would kind of be rolling over them. The Falcons have won eight of those 11 games. I actually think this this is the first time, to take this in, the first time the Falcons have had an even or winning record since 2018, sorry, 2019, at like week three or something like that. Go, going into week what? Uh, 
literally like at all. We've never been even or had a winning record <laughs> Yo, since, what? since like week three of 2019. So if the Falcons have a winning record, that will be the first time in a long time. Wow. Big game for them. So I, t- I spoke a lot about the Falcons there because I know more about the Falcons than, you know, any of the other teams. I'll touch on Carolina. So I feel like they're, they're kind of on the other side of the spectrum right now. So over their last four, you know, they're not three and one. They're 0 and four, right? Uh, Darnold's been struggling. Uh, he was obviously benched last game. He was my chooch of the week. Uh, I don't I don't see it as any end in sight. So Christian McCaffrey's still at least one week away with his IR designation. Uh, and, and part of the reason Darnold's struggling, obviously he's been bad, but it's not just him. So the receivers actually lead the NFL in drop passes with oh, yeah. 21 drop passes. And, and on paper, you'd think they'd be a pretty good receiving core. Those guys need to be better. I will say the one thing for the Panthers, it does sound like Shaq Thompson will be back this game. Uh, and it sounds like Steph Gilmore has a chance to dress not 100%, but those could be huge factors. Those are two massive additions. I appreciate you being a little devil's advocate, even for your own team. And we'll see what I'll the- take Atlanta minus three in case you guys didn't get it yet. We'll see. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see what the coin says. The coin is going tails. The coin is going for Carolina. Next up, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions with the Eagles favorited by minus three. Um, and the over-under set at 48. So I'll let you kick off this one then. Uh, yeah, man. Uh the, the Detroit Lions, you know, with Brendan Staley on bye last week, they took the uh, the honor of just ballsiest team in the NFL. I mean, that was one of the more interesting games to watch, which was, you know, the Jared Goff revenge game. So Dan so, Campbell's pretty much a legend yeah, on the caveman corner. We we love Dan Campbell. We're big Dan Campbell guys. The bottom of our hearts. Dan Campbell, anytime you want to come on the show, please let us know. So in the first half alone, <laughs> two successful fake punts, a successful onside kick, uh, absolutely hilarious shit. Uh, at the end of the day, the Lions just didn't have the talent or the juice to get it done. But, man, did they play the Rams tough. And it was really tight till the end of the game. Uh, and So here's my argument. Like, when you have a team like the Lions still fighting for their coach and playing tough, you look on the other end, it looks like Philly has no life right now. Uh, essentially, in the first half, they do nothing. And then they do this thing where, like, you know, they kind of in the fourth quarter when they're down three touchdowns, they make it like a one-touchdown game with, like, 30 seconds left. I just – they're, they're – Fourth quarter stat patterns, it doesn't actually mean the game was close. It looks like a close game, but it wasn't a close game. Uh, the other thing being, there's been talks of Gardner Minshew playing in the near future. Jalen Hurts needs to actually complete passes in the first half. Uh, the, this team has not seemed to be able to get it together since the start of the year. I'm actually going to take the Lions plus three and a half here. Uh, and I would consider betting the money line for the Lions here. These guys are fighting hard, and the Eagles don't seem like they have any life. Interesting. I'm actually I'm going to go the opposite. I think the Eagles win this game. I completely agree with you what you're saying. While Jalen Hurts, if you own him in fantasy, you'd be happy. This guy gets his rushing stats up. But like you said, just can't complete those rhythm throws. He's got absolutely just no confidence as a passer, it seems like. And he's I would say he's got a solid receiving core. Obviously, they lost Zach Ertz. Young guys. But, but young Dallas, guys. Dallas Goddard. Very solid tight end. Uh, I, I I do still like Devontae Smith. But, yeah, I, I just – I think I was surprised to see the minus three line. I thought it would be more than minus three. And that's why I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think they didn't give them enough respect. And while I agree with what you're saying, I love the Lions, I just think the Eagles are a better team who weren't uh, larger spread. So. I just feel like the Lions have to win a game at some point this year, and this is one of those games. Uh, I'm not like I'm not confident in betting them on money line, but I think they could sneak it. Well, I, to your point, again, I talk about my uh, my nerds that lock in the in the basement. They had the ROI pretty similar on both teams, so this is kind of a flip them in in those terms. And I'm just going with the Eagles. This is kind of my gut call. So we'll see what the coin says. The coin is going tails for the Eagles as well. 
All right, next up we have the Los Angeles Rams at the Houston Texans with the Rams favorited by minus 14 and a half. So I actually, leading up to this, I was picking a lot of these favorites in the massive spread games. This one, I'm going to have to change it up. I'm going to go with Houston on this one, and this is predicated on the fact that I do believe Tyrod Taylor will be back this week. Is he 100% back? That's what I need to know. No, he is not. But I'm going with my gut on this. I'm just going to go Houston. Obviously, I'm not going to bet this if Davis Mills is starting at quarterback. You can't do it. you got to pick right now. No, no. I'm saying this is my pick, but I'm not going to bet actual money unless I I know Tyrod's back for sure. So, I mean, without Tyrod, I would consider them the worst team in the NFL. Uh, Obviously, Jets without Zach Wilson kind of took the claim for that this week. But... uh, yeah, so the Rams didn't cover against the Lions last week, so do they not cover against the, the Texans this week? Are the Texans that much worse than the Lions? I don't think so. I just think with Tyrod, they'd be good enough to keep it within the spread. Obviously, if Davis Mills in, I'm a lot less confident, but I like I like Texans in this. So who do you have? Yeah, I mean, I had kind of in bold writing, same thing as you. You know, this bet is completely dependent on the health of Tyrod Taylor, who is keeping <laughs> games close early in the season. We don't know if he's going to play. My bet was assuming he didn't, so I actually took the Rams here. Uh, so the the Texans right now are kind of you know they're just selling everybody they can. They traded Mark Ingram yesterday. They yeah, moved well. down to an old trio instead of an old what would, would you call them like a quadrant? <laughs> more, uh, more time for my boy Rex Burkhead. Yeah, I mean this team's clearly dysfunctional right now. Brandon Cooks tweeted he's not happy. He's like well, something like what the fuck's going on here? Man, they should trade him too. Why not? Uh, they, maybe they will. To be honest with you, uh, so Deshaun Watson looking like he'll be traded. Just another thing going on in that building. David Coley is just. You spoke about Mike White as a generic quarterback. David Culley is the most, Could you tell me anything about David Culley as a coach? <laughs> I don't know a thing about this guy. He's either he's like a boring play caller. I'm, I'm assuming he was given this team just to die with the the old the, the crap well, roster. That, that we talked about it on our first show, but that is like the nightmare scenario. The worst head coaching position you could ever have in the NFL. And is I think the he took Texans. it knowing that he probably just well, give Bill, me the money and then shoot me out to the moon. Bill O'Brien sent these guys. Take them out the pasture. Take them out back after this season. Ah, uh, uh, the old yeller, huh? Yeah, so, I mean, the Rams obviously let the Lions keep it close last week, but I think they're going to come out guns blazing this week to prove, you know, they are that dominant team. Uh, I think last week there was just so much emotions with the Goff thing and, you know, Stafford playing his old team. Uh, and I did mention I was going to talk about Cooper Cup. Uh, is he the greatest of all time white receiver? Man, um, at this point, he's probably going to have the greatest re- receiving season ever for a white receiver. Maybe for any receiver. But, he's on pace for 965 yards and 21 touchdowns. Here's I, I know for a fact you didn't put much consideration in this. Because you're gonna give it over Steve Largent, like at this. Point, oh, Steve, I was actually gonna bring that up. Steve was, Largent holds the. Like, he's what, a Hall of Famer. He actually, when he retired, he he pretty much led all those career categories. He broke every record. I'm a huge Steve Largent guy. Uh, I just I, I get what you're saying. Obviously, Cooper Cup has the stats, but it's also more of a, a pass inflated league. And Steve Largent, no gloves guy. That's the ultimate white guy move. I have to give Steve Largent the uh, number one white receiver in the NFL or of all time award. White receiver. White receiver. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I think Cooper Cup's moving into that conversation. And as I just mentioned, he's on pace to break the yardage record and tie the touchdown record. Of course, adding an extra game helps, but those are insane stats, regardless of how you look at it. Sounds like you jinxed him. Uh, so, th- so this is why you went with the Jets, too. You went with Mike White. 
Uh, oh, you're talking about like the Cooper Cup white I'm, thing? I'm talking about you being a white supremacist. Uh, I don't see it personally. And <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to push me towards this John Gruden territory. I, I will not stand for it. Uh, I'm actually going to take... I actually own a black pug, therefore... Uh, Aaron Donald is a black defensive tackle, and he's one of the best in the league. So I'm going to take the Rams here uh, by 14 and a half. So yeah, it, it, I could see that being happening, but uh, yeah, we'll see if Tyra plays. Next up, we have... Oh my lord! We have the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts with the. We're only about half, we're really talking about these today. Eh? Let's. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the Colts or sorry, the Titans favored by by minus one, and the over under set at fifty one. Holy shit! Another struggle for me to say that. Um, I'm going with Indianapolis in this one. I think Indianapolis very underrated. We saw them almost beat. The Baltimore Ravens, now against the Tennessee Titans, who I think is a lesser team than the Ravens. I, I think they could upset the Titans here. I was pleasantly surprised to see only a minus one spread for the Titans after their back-to-back very impressive performances. But Vegas respects the Colts as much as I do. I've been high on the Colts, and rightfully so. Uh, great win against the 49ers. And at this point, I do think Tennessee is a little overrated by the public. I'm very confident going with the Colts here, and I will likely go Colts money line in this <clears throat> Not a crazy money line is there only one point underdogs, but yeah, I agree. So. It, was, it was a it was a little bit of a weird game. I mean, I think it was a, it was a bad rain game they played in. Well, against... it was like a fucking typhoon. Like Jimmy G, honestly, Carson Wentz should have been picked off. Like I, I want to say, like four or five times where the defensive back just well, they, dropped the ball. They, they, they always talk about how hard it is for a receiver to catch the ball in the rain. Man, DBs, it's the hardest because they're guys can barely catch the ball in the first place. Yeah, re- re- like legitimately. But yeah, so uh, who are you going with? Also, this is this is completely off subject, but like, did you see that one? You know, little lateral that Wentz had that was. <laughs> I, lo- I I was Yo, fucking they, they crying really, of laughter. They didn't even rule out an interception. I was they crying of laughter. Sense, so they ruled a fumble because no, yeah, it, it was a fumble. Yeah, so that, that kept the streak alive. Obviously, the fix is in. The but I mean, it ma- it makes sense because you got to be consistent. If it if they over like they're gonna overturn it regardless. Like, hey, well, Gar, it doesn't matter. It was a turnover. Uh, but I was just saying that was one of one of weird calls. Uh, but yeah, uh, so the Titans have been one of the hottest teams in the NFL, even with their injuries. Right? They've got AJ Brown on, on Chipotle uh, injury alert, uh, as well as Julio Jones, who's been you know his hamstrings been fucked all year. Uh, they do finally seem to be settling down. I don't think either of those guys is on the injury report. Uh, and, and you know, as as everybody's spoken about, you know, verbatim, uh, Derrick Henry's probably one of the guys leading the MVP vote right now. Uh, however, you're, look, you're looking on the other side. Indy's getting it together at the right time. Uh, they've won three of their last four. Their one loss was against Baltimore in overtime. And that's one of those games, to be honest, they probably should have won. They blew a lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, so this, this game is going to go a long way in deciding who wins the AFC uh, South. Uh, is Wentz a fraud? Is he for real? I'm going to say somewhere in between. Uh, I'll take the Colts plus one here. Uh, I just think they're probably a bit more talented on defense, which will be the deciding factor. All right, the coin is going tails for the t- Tennessee Titans in this but one. But we, we didn't even talk about it. Like, props to Tennessee for kicking the shit out of the Chiefs last week. Yeah, I mean, fuck, the Chiefs look horrible. Man, those those interceptions. Mahomes is just trying to do way too much. Uh, next up, we have the San Francisco 49ers at the Chicago Bears with the 49ers favorited. Favorited. Favored. I, you, you've already done the whole episode. You might as well stick. Favorited by minus four. Just, just, just stick with it. So I'm uh, I'm gonna go with San Fran in this one. Man, does Justin Fields look horrible? Like this guy, I said it about uh, Jalen Hurst, but this guy cannot make a rhythm throw of his life dependent on it. You, I, I don't think Matt Nagy is gonna be. Uh, I think he's got COVID, so he's not gonna be able to coach this week. Maybe that'll 
open up the playbook. It a, might help them. Yeah, open up the playbook a bit. Again, I talked about it a couple weeks back. Like they they need to just give him those uh, run design plays, like those read options and stuff. But it just seems like all of his rushing yards are gained on these scramble situations where he sees something's not open or he sees his O-line collapsing and he tries to do too much. Like He he, he has no confidence as a passer right now. I think it's going to just be an ugly season. And I also think uh, Khalil Mack is on IR for the Chicago Bears. He's looking at my notes. Uh, yeah, I mean... No, no, I'm, 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 t- I'm speaking facts right here. No. So I just... I can't see Chicago winning this game. Does Jimmy G start? start? Does Trey Lance start? It doesn't matter. Either quarterback starts, they're still going to trample the Bears. The ba- Bears are really bad right now. And I think the 49ers are a little slept on uh, in by the public. So I'm going to go with the San Fran minus four. And ridiculous. 39 and a half over under. This is going to be a low scoring game. Who knows if it's going to be another Yeah, I mean, in my notes, I got, you know, Justin Fields looks absolutely lost out there. Obviously, probably not being put in the best situation, uh, but he's completely killed the value of Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. Uh, Darnell Mooney looks better than Allen Robinson at this point. Neither of them look good, and Mooney does look better. You're right. Uh, honestly, Justin Fields looks like he's blindfolded back there. It's like this guy doesn't doesn't see or feel pressure. Like, I don't know how many times he can be sack fumbled. Obviously, the O-line is not doing the best job, but you need to do a better job of either getting rid of the football or feeling that pressure and getting out of there. Uh, I don't see how anyone could bet on the Bears to win anything right now. They look so, so bad. And like you said, their best player is about to go on IR, Klomak. On the other hand, you got San Fran. They looked solid in the first half last week against Indy. Uh, it was an ugly, ugly game with the weather, and Jimmy G, I guess, is not a rain quarterback because he looked terrible. Uh, stick to porn stars, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, is Kyle Shanahan the hot seat? No, no Kyle? fucking chance. Nah, nah. I've actually got a stat for you. He's thirty-one and forty all time with the Niners. He has a losing record through his tenure there. I don't think he's in the hot seat quite yet, but they do need to start at least being competitive. Uh, and this is going to be a get-right game. That that was in my notes. Or this is I, I I love to use this term right. Like this is my San Fran. If you don't win this, we're going to blast you off to space. Uh, this that was that was what exact same thing about the said about the Broncos last week. I'm I'm off the Broncos. They've been blasted off into space. San Fran, you need to cover this three and a half, or I'm blasting you off into space. I think they will. All right, fair enough. Uh, it's also worth mentioning we we kind of touched on the, the the Bears, but all respect to Khalil Herbert. That guy looks really good. Um, uh, good for him. Another another underdog story worth mentioning. So the coin is going with the Bears. Next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Seattle Seahawks, with the Seahawks being favored. Holy shit! Just stick with it. Favored by by minus three, and the over under set at forty three and a half. So um, I'll let you kick this one off. So we got sorry. This is the game uh, that my sheet forgot. I didn't even have this one. So we got Seattle favored by three over Jacksonville. <laughs> Your sheet forgot. Oh, I didn't forget. To, uh, oh, no, we do oh, Hold on a second. Hold on a second, folks. We do have it here. It when, got lost in the sheet. You got a narrative ready for this. I know uh, you do. So we got Jacksonville coming off their first win in 20 games, and they're coming off a bye. Uh, the question is, was Urban Meyer getting his team right, or was he getting this thing on at the uh, the local bar? Who knows? Uh, I do think Jacksonville's still young, still inexperienced. Uh, and to be honest, wasn't really you know all that impressive of a win. Meanwhile, you got Seattle. Uh, so they were favorites to make the playoffs before the Russ injury. 
Uh, I do miss saying Mr. Unlimited before every game. Obviously, I can't do that anymore. So they scored a touchdown on what? Like the first drive of the last game against the Saints and just shit the bed after that? Pretty much. They they trust Geno Smith so little, it's kind of hilarious. Like they'll, they'll rush the ball like eight straight times for two yards a well, carry. Here's the thing. Even the touchdown that they scored, like the DK Metcalf long time. Like it was all DK. That's yeah, all yeah, DK. Like, all DK. Yeah. Uh, so really, I don't have much to say about this game other than this is a blast off in the space game as well. Uh, Seattle's got to find a way to stay at least competitive, try to get even while Russ is out. Or I think Russ might even come back from the injury. He's already kind of talked about getting traded in the past. I don't know if he's going to want to come back if the team's, you know, four games under 500. I was definitely thinking that too. Um, I'm going to say Seattle minus three and a half. Uh, like San Fran last game, I'm blasting you off into space. These NFC West teams just want to get blasted off into space. So you better win this. And well, yeah, when it comes to the Seahawks, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be talking up Geno Smith anytime soon. But to their credit, they played the Rams pretty tough and they played the Steelers pretty tough. Like Geno Smith has had his moments. He just needs to be more consistent, more um, more confidence. Uh, obviously, like you said, I don't think that's coming anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, pr- probably not. But yeah, it's going to come down to the Seahawks establishing the run. Uh, Rashad Penny, first game back, did not like, look that good. But Alex Collins running hard. That's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, I, I think the, they will control the run. This Jacksonville defense stinks, and that's going to be their path to victory. I'm going Se- Seattle Seahawks as well, and the coin is going for Seattle. All three of us. For Seattle. Jacksonville does have the benefit of that buy. I just don't think they have the coach to take advantage of it. It's also worth mentioning, like I said, I think it's going to be a heavy rushing attack for both games. Over-under set at 43.5. I'm going under on that. That's this- also uh, uh, that's a tough environment. Well, I, I, I want to say tough environment for a rookie quarterback. This guy played at Clemson, definitely played on, under bigger crowds than that. But yeah, that's one of the tougher home crowds to play at in the NFL. Yeah, got to scratch that off the bucket list going there. But uh, next up we have my New England Patriots at the Los Angeles Chargers with the Chargers being favored favored by minus five and a half. Just go with it. So uh, over under set at 49. I'm, I'm locking in the Patriots. That's actually part of my sell my soul bet for Sunday, which is going to be the New England Patriots plus five and a half and the Carolina Panthers plus three. I also have a sell my soul bet for Thursday with, I forgot to mention, which is Kyler Murray under in passing yards and under 51 points total. But back to this Patriots game, I think the Patriots are underrated. Obviously a little bit of bias. Our defense is starting to starting to show out and our rushing attack. Like I said that going into the season, it's all going to come down to our, our ability to establish the run. And Bill Belichick has been doing that. And now I'm mentioning Bill Belichick. This guy owns young quarterbacks and particularly, although small sample size, has owned Justin Herbert. We smashed the Chargers last year and this is a far less Far superior team the Patriots had from last, or you get my point. So I, I'm going to go with the Patriots in this, this guy one. Can't speak. He's so excited. Plus five and a half for the Patriots. I uh, I expect Damian Harris to have a ball game. I could see Brandon Bolden getting some of those catches, uh, and I just think the Patriots uh, they pull out a grimy, grimy game. And I'm really close to betting the money line. Don't be shocked if Sunday I bet money line in this one. Yeah, so like you said, Bill Belichick had a solid game plan versus the Chargers last year. Did a good job against Herbert, who was, of course, Rookie of the Year. Can he execute twice in a row? I'm going to say no. Uh, Patriots, like you mentioned, do historically well against rookie quarterbacks. Justin Herbert's not a rookie anymore. Uh, other, other reason being... Young quarterbacks. Other reason being, this isn't at Foxborough. Uh, typically, when uh, Belichick's killing these rookie quarterbacks, it is at Foxborough. This is a Chargers home game, uh, so the Pats really can't get too high after blowing out that you know slapdick Jets team. 
uh, missing their QB. You're not fighting a team, uh, playing a, t- a team missing its QB now. You're playing against one of the top young quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, and, and they're actually making the trip out west. That's a long trip out west, and typically that impacts teams. Other thing, LA is actually coming off a bye. Uh, Brandon Staley was talking about being more aggressive on first and second down. Uh, I thought you were going to say on fourth down. I'm like, that's it's pretty fucking impossible, Brandon <laughs> I don't Staley. Think, I, think, I think it's impossible to be more aggressive on fourth down than he has been. I think he's talking you know, more play action on first and second down, letting his guys sling a little bit more. Uh, and Staley seems like the type to follow through with that sort of talk. He will be more aggressive. Uh, I actually think they, they could win by double this uh, spread. I think LA is going to come out and show... Uh, you know, that last loss against the Ravens was a fluke. They are one of the top teams in the AFC. Uh, and while the Pats, you know, they are better than last year, you're absolutely right in saying that. So are the Chargers. Uh, I got the Chargers by five and a half here. All right, fair points. Um, the coin is going for tails. They are going for New England Patriots as well. I, I also do I, I do think I need to see a game where the Pats are really playing from behind to see if Mac Jones can really air it out. He's had a few where he's had to do it. Uh, need to see it a bit more, in my opinion. Fair enough. I kind of want to see it too. Anyways, next up we have the Washington football team at the Denver Broncos, with the Broncos being favored by minus three and the over-under set at 44.5. I know you talked about it. I was actually the same way. I was on the Broncos early. I've gotten fucking just bitten by it, but I got to go with the Broncos again in this one. Minus three against a Taylor Heineke-led team. I was also wrong about Taylor Heineke. I thought he could have been a better Fitzpatrick. The two teams were wrong on it, but... It's, it's clear to me now that Fitzpatrick is better than Heineke. Heineke's the poor man's Fitzmagic. Finkel is Einhorn. Hein- Heineke is. <laughs> I still think this Broncos team is pretty solid. Their defense is pretty solid. I don't know about the health of Von Miller, but my guess would be that the Broncos lay it to Washington in this game. I'm confident going in the Broncos here, and this isn't because I think they're a top team in the NFL. I think it's because they're better than the uh, Washington football team and better than the three points indicate. Do Broncos. we know if the Denver Broncos are sticking with Bridgewater or are they going to go lock here? Do we know? Like I have I don't know. I would imagine they would give Bridgewater another chance. I think at some point uh maybe they don't do it yet, but the reason you go with the Bridgewater is because you know your defense is going to be solid. They're they're getting turnovers, they're stopping teams and you can go with the safe offensive <laughs> yeah, play. Lock, lock higher the risk problem, higher reward. Yeah, exactly. And the problem is the defense hasn't been as good as advertised at some point. Been, a little, been injured to their credit. Yeah, I mean, at some point you got to roll the dice and go with Locke. Uh, I don't think it's yet, uh, but either way, I'm going to take Washington to cover. Uh, I think slowly but surely that defense is turning around, which you mentioned they would. They're not the defensive last year, but they're getting better. They're rushing the passer, man. That's the key. Yeah, they're rushing the passer. They're getting sacks. They're forcing fumbles. Uh, this is a team uh, in Denver. If they fall behind, it is game over. Oakland showed that last week. So Denver needs to make sure they do not fall behind because Bridgewater is not coming back in that game. They do have uh, allegedly Jerry Judy coming back, but they will be missing Von Miller. Yeah, I saw that, and I got to give a little shout-out. Javante Williams, you look fucking good. See what the coin says. Coin is going tails for Washington. Next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. With the Bucks being favored favored by minus five, I sp- I spent so much effort not to say New Orleans instead of New Orleans that I, I just couldn't stop saying favorited, and the over under set at fifty. I have a double asterisk set on the under. I love the under in this game. I and I'm going the uh, I'm going with the Saints in this one. Uh, he's caught in some flack, but I like the way Mistake Free James has played last game too. There was. Two phenomenal throws he made to the receivers. One clanked off Kenny Stills' hands. One clanked off 
uh, Traquan Smith's hand. I, I do think Jameis Winston's pla- played solid. Obviously, you see that low score and you, you question him, but the guy's winning ball games. It's uh, another rain game too. I think he did just fine. Like You can question him for just all those dump, dump down Scamara, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that, that was the case. I, I think mistake-free Jameis is the way to go, and I believe that mistake-free Jameis will not win against the Bucks, but in this division game, at least bring it close. Uh, like I mentioned, he he's he's played solid. The Bucks obviously a phenomenal team. I just read news that AB is out for an extended period of time. Good news, everyone. That's that's pretty scary. But they're also likely getting Rob Gronkowski back this week. That receiving core is legit. That O line's legit. That rushing attacks legit. I just think Bucks win it, but the Broncos or sorry the uh, the Saints. Bring it within five and a half. Yeah, New, uh, New Orleans coming off an ugly win on the uh, Monday you nighter. Said you said it. New Orleans coming off an uh, ugly win on the Monday nighter. Uh, I don't think they win that game if Russ Wilson is playing. I don't think it's even a question. Uh, their offense has been bland. It's been stagnant. Uh, I don't see them continuing to win games. They continue to play like that. If the offense is able to pick it up, you know, maybe they're able to keep this close. But uh, they haven't been able to really all year uh, other than week one. Uh, their defense has been as good as advertised. They are getting healthier, so I'll give them that. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, you got Tampa Bay, who are the ultimate front runners. Uh, so not only do they love getting up on you, they love running the score once they're up, it, like all classic Tom Brady. I think they're eyeing getting him another MVP. They want to solidify that GOAT status. Uh, like you mentioned, AB is out, but on the other end, their defense is only getting healthier. The front runner thing look- scares me. You're, I think you're absolutely right. If they're getting up, they're going to make out. Why not just beat them by yeah, fucking they're, three they're, touchdowns? They're, they're up three touchdowns, and they're still you know chucking the ball in for touchdowns. That's just what Tampa does. Uh, it's classic Brady. Uh, and the receiving core, even without AB, is like top five in the NFL. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, Mike Evans looks uh, really good, man. If there's any ever a game Jameis is going to make mistakes, this is the game. I'll take Tampa minus five. All right. Um, so yeah, five and a half. Sorry, the coin going tails. They're going Tampa Bay as well. Then we got the Sunday night football game, which is the Dallas Cowboys at the Minnesota Vikings, with the Cowboys favored by a surprising minus one. I was expecting <gasps> a far larger spread in favor of the Cowboys. Rat poison. The over under set at fifty five. I, I you might be right on this one. Might be a rat poison game, but man, I I'm just like. The the I get shocked every single time. I'm going for that cheese every single time. I see Dallas minus one against a Minnesota Vikings team, which I think is not that good. I got to go with the the, the better team. Uh, I just think that the Cowboys are just going to dominate with the rushing attack. A heavy dose of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard off by. They're going to out-physical the Vikings, and they're going to grind out this game. I think it'll be another one of those games where like Dak Prescott only completes... 20 passes and somehow has four touchdowns or something. I just think the Dallas Cowboys are, are the far superior team. And again, just running all over that Vikings, which is also why I'm going under 55. That 55 point over under is just very high to me. Surprisingly, the highest over under of the entire slate. I, I'm going under on this one, and I, I love the under in this so one. So how much do you think Dallas is going to win by? You're saying they're going to dominate the ground? You know, like- I just think that it'll be like a twenty-seven to twenty-seven to I don't know maybe sixteen. You really thought about that? Uh, 
No, so 20, this, is, this is a rat poison game. Like you, I'm taking the cheese. I'm taking Dallas minus one, but I'm worried about it. Vegas knows something I don't, and I don't know what the hell it is. Uh, both teams coming off the bye. I did think the spread would be bigger. You know, Dallas has looked like a top team in the NFL. Minnesota's looked, you know, borderline playoff. I don't think they've looked bad, but they haven't looked great. Uh, so I really got me to wondering, like, hey, like, why is the spread only minus one? Uh, the first thing I saw, home field advantage for Minnesota. Is is it, you know, that big of a difference with the home field advantage? Next thing I saw, Vikings are 3-1 and one over the last four games. But to me, they haven't really had a signature win yet. Uh, the other big thing I noted, Kirk Cousins in primetime. It's like a huge meme where, you know, he's trash in primetime. I looked a little more into this, you know, Detective Mitch. Uh, so he's 0-6 on Monday Night Football. However, he does actually have a winning record and pretty solid stats on Sunday Night Football. Oh, an uh, interesting narrative. Didn't know what was up with that. I'm taking Dallas minus one, but I'm not confident in it. I don't know what's going on here. Like I said, Vegas knows something I don't, and I'm probably going to look like a jackass when they somehow lose this game. I mean, it is worth saying, Christian Kirk, big religion guy. Sunday's the day of God. Could Christian, have somebody do, Kirk, or, sorry, uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I got a Kirk in there somewhere. Christian Kirk, if you're religious too, I I'm, I'm, I appreciate you. Probably is. Uh, but yeah, Kirk Cousins is definitely a religious guy. Maybe he plays uh, the day of God. He just rips it up. All right. He can only play on Sunday. Shout out Christian Kirk. Uh, the coin going Minnesota trying to get a leg up on us. And the final, the Monday night football game, the New York Giants at the Kansas City Chiefs, with the Chiefs being favored by minus Oh, nine. man, you didn't say favorited? Nope, favorited. Minus 9.5, and, and I actually noticed that the spread is now, I think, at 10.5. I got it at 10 today. I'll, I'll take the 9.5. I'll start this one off. Uh, I'm, it's also worth mentioning, over-under, 52.5. So go ahead. Uh, so other than the Rams game, uh, I think the Giants have actually done a pretty good, solid job of keeping games tight versus... Uh, you know, solid teams. And the the game that yeah, the game that Danny Dimes goes down, not really indicative. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, right? Like the, not really indicative yeah. right there. So Danny Dimes, uh, I think he's actually making the most of his makeshift cast right now. Uh, he's had a pretty solid year. Uh, this game again, we don't know if his cast is gonna be back. It's looking like questionable tags are being thrown on Slayton, Shepard, and Tony. Would be huge to have those guys back, but I wouldn't count on it. Uh, meanwhile, Joe Judge is coaching for his his life essentially he's on the hot seat so they got to figure out a way to turn it around uh but yeah they're playing they're playing hard in new york they're playing grindy type games it's kind of what you'd expect from that special teams coach joe judge on the other hand uh you've got uh the chiefs who have obviously been disappointing uh they go and they get slapped last week by the titans i thought it was going to be a huge uh a, a game where they, they they'd want to prove that at the top of the afc and it just didn't happen uh, and I did mention I would talk about these intercept rules throws. <laughs> so call me Patrick Mahomes' moms because he is 17th in the NFL with three interceptable passes on the year. However, he's tied for the league league, uh, the league lead with nine interceptions. So three interceptable passes. Somehow nine have been intercepted, whether it's been deflected or somebody dropped it. That's not good. So his supporting cast needs to step it up on O. But more importantly, his supporting cast on D needs to step. This defense has been bad 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 they've allowed the most yards in the nfl they have a shit ton of points these guys need to find a way to turn it around i don't know how it's going to happen i think they're going to win this game i think that bunch is pretty obvious but i think new york can keep this within nine and a half at least until the chiefs figure it out yeah i think you're spot on um obviously like you said especially when the defense is playing as bad i think patrick mahomes just has this in his head where he needs to do too much we've seen it on so many of the throws 
Obviously, a very interesting stat. He's seventh in interceptable passes, but the ones going off the hands, obviously. 17th. 17th, sorry. But yeah, I I think, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is still legit. I actually did a tier hierarchy list of the the best offenses in the NFL, like going into week eight. I still think Chiefs are a tier one offense. I still believe in this offense as a whole. And for that reason, I think... Get right game. Yeah, get right game. I think this is going to be a high scoring affair. You know, you got the shitty Chiefs defense against a pretty solid Daniel Jones makeshift offense. If they get at least two of the three receivers you mentioned, I need to see this guy with a full offense, man, because I think he's actually looked as good as he's ever looked this year. I want to see him with a healthy Shepard, a healthy Tony, like a healthy. Galladay. I didn't even mention Galladay. Yeah. Uh, like, Ken- Kenny Galladay is also questionable. So I think that's four all guys. of them. There's like four receivers questionable, which is wild. These guys and, can't figure it out. And then you have Evan Ingram, Stanks, and yeah, then I, you also have Saquon Barkley and Andrew Thomas, who who are both questionable. Yeah, the, I mean, it's unbelievable. The the misfit toys. But yeah, I just think this is gonna be a high scoring affair, which is the reason not only am I going for the New York Giants to cover that nine and a half point spread, I am also going with the over on the fifty two and a half. I would have figured this would actually be the highest um, high set over-under of the slate, but it was not. And I'm, I'm going to smash the over on this one. It's going to be a fun game to watch, I think. Like, even if New York, uh, you know, they, they don't win the game, they're going to find a way to keep this close, and there's going to be a lot of points. Well, I've come to realize this season I cannot question any primetime game. Every I can't think of a single bad primetime game so far, and I think this will be no difference. Now you jinxed it. Now I definitely jinxed it. But yeah, that that concludes all our games. Um, I'll just do a little recap of my sell my soul bets. So Thursday I have Kyler under in passing yards, and then under fifty one points. And then Sunday I have New England plus five and a half, and Carolina plus three three. And your sell my soul for Sunday is we're going with Detroit plus three, and we're going with Pittsburgh plus three and a half. So essentially, I'm taking a couple uh, underdogs to cover here. So if you guys are looking to bet, I mean we're we're on some heaters for our sell my soul bets. These are the ones you want to go at. Yeah, rewind for any of the other calls. Uh, anything else you want to say before we conclude this? Uh, I thought this would be a great game tonight between Arizona and Green Bay. I'm hoping, you know, Aaron Rodgers, of course, multiple-time MVP. He could still have some of that Aaron Rodgers magic. He's riding high right now. Uh, I hope they're able to keep it close. I know we both took Arizona. I'd be happy to be wrong on this and for, for Green Bay to pull an upset. So we'll see. Um, as usual, as long as I win money, I could give a shit less who, uh, who wins the game. So hopefully it does that for me. Uh, anything else? Uh, other than that, I mean, huge games for both of our teams. Uh, obviously, uh, Falcons are 500 right now. I need them to win to go positive. You need the pass to win to get back to even. I mean, and our teams do play each other in the near future. We're looking at about five weeks down the road, maybe longer. I'm, I could be fucking up the schedule here. But that'll be a fun game. I'm sure that'll be... Uh, a few friendly wagers on that one, maybe not so say, friendly we're def- wagers. We're definitely betting on that. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, I think it'll be a, a solid week of action. I think that the Sunday nighter, the Monday nighter, will be a few fun games to watch. Other than that, what, what's the game of the week during sun- Sunday during the day here? Just looking at the schedule. Um, so I'm looking at the schedule, man. Pretty ugly. I'd say Tennessee Colts. Yeah, um, yeah. Tennessee Colts is a good game. Maybe Pittsburgh, Cleveland. If, if Pittsburgh, we think could potentially pull off an upset. It's Some, not not a great slate of games this week. I I just can't even say that though because I've I've had so many of these slates surprise me. You never know what you're getting in the NFL. I do really like that uh, Titans Colts game though. All right. Well, uh, that's all I got for this week in terms of bets. Uh, yep. Hopefully tonight's game pulls uh, pulls up and uh, ends up ends up solid. Absolutely. Yeah. As, as usual, appreciate you guys listening. Look forward to hearing from you guys. 
Be sure to like, subscribe, you know, rate us on our podcast reviews. And uh, again, appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Enjoy the game tonight. Peace.